Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. With German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at GermanDonerKebab.com. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Premier League Weekend Preview Show. Now, as we approach the final straight of the Premier League season, there's still plenty to be decided. Despite the fact that we probably already know who's going to be winning the title, we've still got the top four, the top seven and the dreaded drop to be decided in the coming weeks. And so, with that in mind, there's plenty to get through on the show today. We're going to be previewing that all-important Manchester derby at Old Trafford. We're going to be looking at Chelsea's top four test against Everton and Spurs' trick trip to Burnley. Alongside that, we're going to be having a look at all the other Premier League games this weekend and giving some predictions on who could be in for a very, very happy game week number 28. My name's Fergal Brennan and I'll be guiding you through this squeaky bum style episode. I'm joined in the studio by Jonathan Smith, Manchester City correspondent for Goal.com. Jonathan, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? Very good, very good. Good. Uh, Northern football reporter for The Independent, Mark Critchley. Mark, how are we getting on? Uh, I've got a bit of a cough. I'm feeling a bit feverish, oh. but um, otherwise fine. So yeah, let's do this. Mark's fresh back from uh, from Pride Park, covering the, the FA Cup thriller for United, and who I believe is on the Football Social Daily Preview Show debut. Dave Scott, aka Our Kid, if you follow him on Twitter, lifelong Manchester United fan. Dave, how are you? I'm all right. Well, I was until I re- realised you were Paul, and I'm looking for the uh, <laughs> the bacteria gel or whatever it is that's going on now. I'm pretty good. Cheers, Virgil. No matter. Right, let's get into it. Manchester derby this weekend. Dave, I'm going to go to you first. Throw you in the deep end on your derby. Uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer style. His record's not too bad against City, is it? This is something we've been talking about when we were uh, doing some prep for the show. Generally speaking, when he's needed to get a result against City or against Chelsea or against the side that are in and around United in the table. He's generally come up, maybe not with the goods, but he's come up with a decent enough result. The annoying part for United fans is when you've come up against Watford or the serial appearances against Wolves, he hasn't managed that. Looking ahead to the game this weekend, what's your feelings considering the record against City, considering the fact that 
This is an enormous game for United. There's the possibility, which we'll touch on in a minute, that City might have their eye off the ball with the Champions League coming up. How do you see this playing out for United? Uh, I'm, I'm quite nervous, to be honest. Um, firstly, because it's the most optimistic of being going into a derby <laughs> for the last couple of years, uh, last couple of years, considering we've beaten the last couple of times. But um, with Fernandez coming now, we've seen to have turned the corner where, where we're, we are beating the so-called lesser-sized teams. So that's going to throw a bit of a you know a spanner in the works because before when we've played the likes of uh, Chelsea or... Uh, Arsenal or City we play counter-attacking football Solskjaer said he was doing that because he didn't have the personnel in the team to set up so he, the only thing he could do was play counter-attack now we've got Fernandes in the team I thought it'd be interesting to see how he sets up uh, and I think De Bruyne is injured as well isn't he so I think Fernandes might be uh, you know, it'd be a massive huge uh, time for him to shine um, but it's a huge game for Man United this, this could really be the linchpin for us making fourth spot or not Mark obviously looking ahead to the game and United as I say your rec- the record people to point out being inconsistent under Solskjaer and and not really possibly meeting expectations but looking at the run of games in the last few weeks unbeaten in the last eight in all competitions obviously got through against Derby in the FA Cup they are knocking on the door of Chelsea three points behind them in the race for fourth as Dave said a positive result against City this weekend even a win would probably see them push ahead depending on how Chelsea get on at Everton we're going to chat about that later obviously do you think United can get a result from this? Or are we looking at this from a, a negative point of view of saying, can United get a result? Given Solskjaer's record, given the fact they're at home, should they be getting a result? I think there's still a long... There's a, there's, there's such a gap in in quality between them and City that I think to expect them to get a result would still be a little bit unrealistic at this time. Um, if you look at the odds, you, you can remember a time when it would be crazy to think that United would be underdogs in any game at Old Trafford, but... They are for Sundays. Um, they have been several times when City have gone there in the past, when Liverpool have gone there in recent years. And I think, you know, I, I've been thinking back to... There's been a lot of improvement over the last few weeks and this is the this is Solskjaer's best unbeaten run since that run which got him the job in the first place during his caretaker spell. But I've been thinking a lot back to that game, the, the Carabao Cup semi-final first leg, where it was that 15-minute period... Well, it might it might have been that's what Solskjaer was saying yesterday. He was saying it was fifteen minutes. It felt more like half an hour, where City just absolutely wiped the floor with United, and I think that just laid bare. You know, for all the gradual progress that Solskjaer is making, I think that's undoubtable. Especially since Fernandez has come in, there is still a, like an aching chasm in quality between these two sides, and you always believe that City have a level that they can reach that United just just can't quite live with. So. I mean, I, I'm going into the I'm going into tomorrow's game thinking City win and not expecting anything else. But at the same time, we've seen United get these results against better sides, like we're saying. I think I was doing the other night. I was doing a bit uh, uh, crunching a few numbers, if you like, and um, looking at Solskjaer's record. And I think if he wins this game, then he's actually won as many games against top six opponents as Van Gaal and Mourinho did, and he's had much less time. So that speaks for itself, his kind of just his knack of getting results in these types of games. But at the same time, you're going in thinking the quality, the, the gap in quality is too large and you're expecting a City win. Um, Jonathan, I'll come to you in a second for the City point of view. David, I just want to ask you quickly between now and the end of the season, after the City game, United only played one other team above them in the table at the minute. Yep. And that's Leicester on the final day. They play Tottenham, that's the next Premier League game. But that run of games, if there's to be a positive result to be got this weekend. 
United fans will be looking at this and saying the dominoes are lined up here, Ollie. Just just knock them down. Just get us into top four. Yeah, I mean, I mean it feels like the the days of old. I know Ferguson used to say um, we used to quite famously uh, end the season, you know, um, with consistency. Uh, I, I I think we'll I think we'll be up for the fight on on Sunday because I don't think I think City will probably take one after ball with the the game coming up in Europe in a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I, it could be huge. Our, our running is quite easy on easy on the eye. Uh, Jonathan, when you look at City, obviously Mark mentioned before De Bruyne is a possible absentee. Just quickly on that, what's what was the feeling from Pep today in his press conference? He says he's going to give him a chance. He's he's going to train, but he's he's a bit sore in his shoulder. So um, he, he he took a knock in the Carabao Cup final, uh, missed a game at Sheffield Wednesday. So it's sore. He's a doubt at the moment. Uh, and if he misses out, David Silva, you'd be expecting to come in or someone else? Well, I mean, he was talking up Foden, saying Foden's got to be ready, and he saying he is ready. Um, he was obviously fantastic in the Carabao Cup final. Sort of came in out of nowhere and and, and was the man of the match. Uh, not not his usual position, playing out yeah. right, wide right. But you know the the, the way the the season's shaping out, the Premier League games possibly not the most important now. They've, they've, they're going to finish second. They're seven points clear, I think, of Leicester. So these are the games where he can perhaps rest players. They got you know they've got not got an easy draw at Newcastle in the FA Cup. It's one that they would expect to win, although they haven't got a great record there recently. Obviously, Champions League is the absolute focus. So Premier League at the moment is probably the third most important thing and that's a good opportunity for Foden to come through. And do you think Guardiola will face this game with that in mind of saying, yeah, we've obviously probably got 17 or 18 fit players that could all come into the starting lineup, but the priority is cup competitions. How many players and who do you think could potentially be rested? And do you actually think he can afford to rest it? It is still a derby. It is still United away. He, he has to be careful. He has to balance this well. I mean... Obviously, fans will be looking at Arsenal in midweek and then looking further along to, to Real Madrid uh, on the 17th. But he has to play this well in terms of the balance of the side. No, I think he goes with his strongest team. It's all about momentum. He won't allow his players to take take the eye off the ball. So um, it'll be as strong as 11 he can. But it's, it's just something like that De Bruyne injury where you perhaps, over something like that, you're on the side of caution rather than taking any, any chances. I mean, mind you, having said that, it's a shoulder, so you're not going to... You're not going to cause any damage. It's more about pain, isn't it, than anything. So, um, but no, he goes. He goes to Old Trafford with his strongest team and goes to win and goes to make it six wins out of six. And we saw at the uh, at the end of last season. You know that they just kept winning when they once they get in that groove. They're very difficult to stop. So that's the way he'll go for it. Bruno Fernandez is obviously the name on United fans' lips at the minute. He's come straight into the team and he's had an enormous effect probably the biggest effect from a United player for some time in terms of his goals and the way he's dragged performances up out of the players around him. Manchester City obviously haven't faced him. This is his first Manchester derby. Do you think he could have key role in this, Mark? Do you think when United are looking for... You mentioned before, obviously, that quality gap from 1-11 to and obviously even going onto the substitutes bench. But someone like Fernandez, United fans can look at him and say, he could be in that City team. He could be in that City midfield doing a, doing a good job for them. Do you think he's at the club long enough to, to drag that sort of a performance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, he's coming from day one and, and he's set that kind of standard, hasn't he? And I think we've all been incredibly impressed with him. I, th- I think anybody who had looked at what he'd done at Sporting could see that he was going to be this type of player that was going to be all action. He was going to take shots from range. He was going to put his hand up for free kicks and penalties. And that's exactly what he's done since he's come in. And United really did lack that kind of figure because... Without Paul Pogba, and he's not been there for all but eight games this season, they've not had that kind of player that's willing to play ambitious passes, who's who's looking to progress the ball, who's looking to take 
you know, responsibility in between the lines. Um, probably gets a lot of criticism a lot of the time, but I do think he does do that in, in ways that sometimes aren't appreciated. And we're seeing Fernandez do the same now. Uh, so I, I fully expect that he could he, he could carry them against City. But like I come, I come back to the same thing, like I said before about that. You, you mentioned the quality gap. United require that kind of player in order to carry him, whereas with City, we're talking about them missing De Bruyne, and yet we're still fully confident that they're going to go there and pick up three points, some of us here, and, and De Bruyne's probably arguably the most influential player. I think that says everything about the state of where the two teams are. So I, I, I don't, I, you know, I completely believe that Fernandez could have a game that really, I suppose he already has announced himself, but this would be him doing it in a, in a top six game, one that's going to be, everyone's going to be watching, but... I still feel like it's it's cities. I I think um, I I agree with that the the gulf uh, in in ability across the the two squads. But I think um, with Fernandez's arrival, I think what's been apparent is the the confidence in you in, in the in the ability of players like the, the likes of Luke Shaw. I think I think his game's really stepped up as well uh, alongside Williams, and the, and the the confidence just come, comes through the team. And I think that's been huge on Fernandez. They might not have the ability, but I think there'll be a lot more belief there in United as there probably was before in a derby early on in the season. Yeah, you do hear that as well. I mean, there's been quite. A lot written about Fernandez since he came in. Exactly, you're exactly right that he's come in and he's kind of led by example already. Even though he's only been there five minutes and he's he's barking instructions in training and things like that. And like I said, you know, United have perhaps lacked that. Whether you want to call it leadership or just influence or whatever, they've they've been missing that. And you can see that in Shaw. You can see that in Fred, who's playing a lot yeah. better now as well, isn't he? I think Fernandez. That's that's why he was brought to the club and that's why he's going to be a success there. But whether it's going to be a success on Sunday, we need to see. Well, Dave, Solskjaer won't be taking it easy on Fernandez on his debut. We're not taking it easy on your debut here. Give us a prediction. How do you see this going? I'm going to go 2-0 United. Bold. I like that. I like a Bruno Fernandez-esque uh, <laughs> statement. Yeah, you know, yeah, go yeah, out, yeah. back my, yourself, go out for three points. It's my birthday this weekend, so we're getting drunk either way. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping I'm celebrating with three points. Mark, are you as confident? Uh, from what I said, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> but, but, uh, who knows? Um, uh, yeah, look. Solskjaer's pulled it out of the bag quite a few times. So I'm, I honestly, I've written a piece today. I, I don't know what to expect because this game's been so unpredictable the last few years. Like the, I think the away teams won six of the last seven. So that just goes to show that you can't really say how, which way it's going to go. That being said, I'm going to stick with that away team stat and say that City win this 2-1, I reckon. Jonathan, I reckon you're going to be the voice of uh, clinical reason. clinical reason here. Um, City, as you say, might rest one or two, but they're probably going to put out as strong a team as they can. Do you see Solskjaer getting a result, or do you just think this is another box tick for Guardiola? Well, I think that it's going to be an interesting one how Solskjaer approaches this, because if he's making progress, he tries to go toe-to-toe with City. He, you know, his two wins have come when they played on the counter-attack with pace. And I think he will try and take them on, and I think that's a mistake because I don't think they're ready for that yet. So I'm going to go for a City win, a comfortable one as well. I think it'd be 3 1. Okay, bold, bold, bold. Not as bold as you, Dave, but fairly bold. (laughs) Right, moving on. Another team pushing for top four is Chelsea. They're at home to Everton this weekend. We've chatted about Chelsea quite a few times in recent weeks, how they've been wobbling a little bit. Then they came back in the FA Cup against Liverpool in midweek, played really well, knocked the Premier League leaders out of the FA Cup to, to march on to the last eight themselves. But we still constantly talk about Chelsea with this idea of, yeah, but they haven't wrapped it up. And we were chatting before we started recording and saying, by rights, if everyone had stuck to their kind of pre-Christmas form or pre-2020 form, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester and Chelsea would be home and dry because mm. United have been inconsistent. Arsenal, Tottenham, even the likes of Wolves, Sheffield United, who've had patches, have, have not really been top four sides. But Chelsea still can't 
quite get it over the line. And this is going to be a real test for them this weekend against an Everton side. Yeah, they're a little bit out of form, but they can still cause problems. Yeah, I think so. I think um, with Chelsea, we've been saying the same, like you say, we've been saying since about November. I was doing some some work this week just on the top four race and trying to read the runes and have a look at who's playing who on, as it as we get into the into the running in the end of the season. And um, I think I came across this stat where Chelsea, since the end of November, they were like six points ahead of fifth then. And yet they've only won like four of 16 games. I'm going to, I'm misremembering all of this now, but anyway, <laughs> four of 16 games, six points clear at the end of November. And they're still fourth. And that lead has only been halved, which I think it says everything about Chelsea's inconsistency that they've they've only won that many games in that time, but also just how everybody's slipping up behind them at the same time. And it's we kind of had this at the end of last season where it was a bit of a slow race to fourth place. Everybody was like, no, you go first. Oh, no, no, you do it. And then we're having this thing already when you know it's been going through January, February, and now we're into March. Um, I, I reckon... They're, having looked at their running and at, at, at the, I think the end of the season they've got Wolves on the last day and before that Wolves have a pretty a, a pretty easy-ish favourable running shall we say so I'm looking at Wolves and I'm looking at them and thinking they're probably the ones to tip for, for fourth place or sneaking into fifth if that's going to count uh, and Chelsea given all the injuries all the absentees they've got at the minute they kind of need to book their ideas up and pick up a few points it's, it's one winning six in the league uh, Champions League's gone basically after that after that first like defeat by Munich so any other avenue back into the competition is is out of sight and this is what they need to concentrate on and I don't I'm, I'm not entirely confident in what I see from them I know they played well against Liverpool the other night but Everton are, Everton are impressing me at the minute and I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Everton got some some sort of result Jonathan obviously one of the things that's been focused on in the last few days last few days is, is Tammy Abraham Frank Lampard's come out and said he's not actually sure if he'll be back this season or when he'll be back uh, potentially even moving into next season throwing Euro 2020 into doubt uh, he would have been one of the one of the choices for uh, for Gareth Southgate for the England squad where do the goals come from obviously Mark's mentioned the run in there's favourable games here and there and generally speaking in comparison to other sides they've got not too bad a run in other than Wolves on the last day and Liverpool on the second last but they could be they could be home and dry by then but given the fact that they're relying a lot on Giroud who I don't think has been given a fair crack of the whip but he's over 30 they've got Premier League they've got FA Cup they've still got a Champions League game to play between now and the end of the season it's a hell of a lot to throw on him this weekend missing Kante missing Matteo Kovacic Jorginho's out for two games banned the injuries are mounting up and we're starting to see that squad thinning down and thinning down yeah it was always the concern at the start of the season wasn't it after that summer transfer ban we were looking at and thinking they were, they are going to be short and now it's really starting to hit like you're saying I, you've, you, I think you've nailed it on the on, hit the nail on the head. It is goals, and you and you wonder where they are going to come from. You know, I, I like Giroud, but the, the, Chelsea do like to play with a bit of pace. They've got the, the speed in the middle of the park with uh, Mount and you know William Pedro out wide, Pulisic, and they need someone with a bit of pace leading the line. Giroud hasn't got that. Batshuayi is a bit inconsistent, and you just don't see. A, a, Many goals coming from that midfield, and that's going to be the problem. and And they always look like they're going to concede one as well. So, it's it's going to be a huge race for for the fourth. I mean, one thing I would say about Wolves and United's challenges is the Europa League because it's opening up for both of them. Um, and, and there's a lot of games to go in that. Was it they're in the last last sixteen yeah, stage 16. now? Yeah, yeah so. as it stands, yeah. And, you know, you get you get Champions League with that, and it, it's possible maybe in a month's time, what that Solskjaer 
uh, or, or um, Nuno might just have to make a decision to go for one or the other. Um, so Ch- Chelsea are going to be out, and that's how. The, yeah, they've got the FA Cup, but that could serve as a benefit. That's yeah. that's them games removed. Yes, yeah. So that so, although Chelsea aren't playing well, and like we say, they're short of goals. It's just I can see. I could make an argument for everyone getting into that fourth place, really. Dave, obviously we've talked about Chelsea potentially missing goals with no Abraham and is Giroud going to be able to find them? Everton are probably not worrying about goals given the fact they've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Uh, he signed a five-year contract over the weekend, which will be huge news for Everton fans. Five goals in his last six games, including one against United. He almost got a second that was, shall we say, controversially ruled out. No. Ancelotti was then <laughs> looking for a straightener with Chris Kavanagh after the game. That didn't end well. He got himself a fine. Um but Calvert-Lewin's banging form and Everton again are in a similar situation to Chelsea we never really know what we're going to get and, and that was the case against United last weekend but they, they seem to be just about scraping enough points together and they seem to have the kind of mentality within them that they're not frightened to go for the jugular they'll be looking at Chelsea this weekend six first team players out they'll probably have to play a few kids uh, Mr Gilmore that we've been chatting about before the show and everyone's been chatting about midweek is probably going to play Everton will be looking at this and thinking Right, this is an opportunity to go and win against the team that's above us and challenging for things that we could have been challenging for had we started the season better. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can. If they, if they win today, I think they're up to. Sorry, if they win this week, and up to forty points, Everton. So I mean, if, if the fifth place comes off, you know, they, they could get Champions League or Europa League. You know, that was the Allardyce mark 40, 40 points. Ancelotti's in now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but. It, the tail of the season, really. I, I think he, um, you can, Ancelotti's definitely put a stamp on the on, on the Everton team. You can definitely see like the, the great determination through it. I really think he'll go for three points uh, at Stamford Bridge uh, at, at the weekend. Um, they, they, they are scoring a lot of goals. Uh, Rick Allison's been. I, I was always concerned when uh, Silver got sacked because Rick Allison had struck up a quite a friendship uh, with Silver. Uh, but Ancelotti's got him playing really well. So I, I think I really think they'll go for it. And if you look at the form guide, I think. Um, Everton have only lost one in six, is that right? And uh, yep. and Chelsea have lost uh, only one one in six. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm going for an Everton win myself. I think fair, fair enough. On Calvert Lewin, I think there's a there's a chance there's a, a position in the England squad there opening up for him, and this this is the chance for him to put a marker down. I mean, you talk about Abraham; he's probably not going to be there. Harry Kane, we don't know. Rashford, we don't know. He he, he needs to he needs to take this opportunity in the last couple of months of the season and and, and get himself into Southgate's. Thoughts and then squad. If those players are fit, does he go? Just out of interest, just to play devil's advocate. If if those players are fit, does he go? Definitely not. No. Where is um, he in the ranking? If if, if Southgate takes take four him. or five strikers, where is he? Sixth, seventh? Yeah. What we're we talking? Kane, Rashford. Well, uh, if everybody's fit, you'd yeah. assume Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford. If Tammy Abraham's fit, yeah. you would anticipate him to go. Yeah. Would Calvert Lewin be the next one, or, or do you see anyone else in front of him? If everyone's fit. I mean, Captain Sterling, Sancho. If, if everyone's, everyone's not going to be fit, though, are they? Like Harry Kane's, he's he, Harry Kane might be able to play, but he's not going to be fit. He's not going to be fully fit. I don't think. I think we can. As long as he can pull the boots on, Southgate won't dare not. He's going to go him. there in a wheelchair, isn't he? If he if he has to, but like I think he's going to be. See Beckham, see Rooney. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. But I would, I would, I would take him. I would take him. I think he is maybe the most improved young English player in the in the in the league this year. Um, a lot of that form's come in the past few weeks uh, admittedly okay granted but Carlo Ancelotti and and Ferguson before him to give Duncan Ferguson his credit as well they both saw that he was struggling under Silva when he was playing one up front maybe that doesn't quite fit with England but if England can figure out a way of doing that maybe with 
I don't know, playing off Sterling up front or you need to fit Sancho in as well, don't we? This is the problem, I guess, when we're talking about Rashford and, and we talk about all these players, we don't know whether they're strikers or wide strikers, wide forwards, do we? And how Calvert-Lewin would slot into that. But I mean, on, on form and on just on his quality and, and the goals he's scoring, I think he's definitely worthy of a place and, and worthy of a shout in the March internationals at least. Dave's going for a win for Everton in this one. Mark, would you match that up or do you think Chelsea uh, at home? Well, Chelsea at home, they've I think they've it's the worst home record since like nineteen ninety four or something. Like they've lost they've lost loads of games at home this season. Not always deservedly, but still. Um so I reckon yeah, I, I'm I'm tempted to go bold again and uh, Everton win one nil. The voice of reason ish, Jonathan. <laughs> I yeah, uh, I'm gonna go for a draw, I think, one one. Very steady. Yeah, steady. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Put this one out. <laughs> uh, right, OK, that's enough for the first half. After the break, we're going to be looking at Burnley against Tottenham. Jose goes to Lancashire. We're going to be covering all the other Premier League games and we're going to be testing the lads' knowledge on the Manchester derby. They've all got a load of opinions about it. Let's see if they can back that up with some trivia. There's a couple of beers at stake. Jonathan's going to be defending his quiz crown. I think that's the only reason he comes in. Uh, he doesn't put beer on his shopping list anymore. He just comes in and, and takes it off me. So we'll see if he can pick up a couple of beers or if someone can challenge him join us after the break football social daily with german doner kebab now 40 restaurants across the uk find out where at german sports social Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Premier League preview show. Just a quick reminder, if you're listening to the podcast, just press subscribe and every single day you can get yourself a fresh episode of all things Premier League. We are your daily source of Premier League news, transfer gossip, updates, all things relating to the English top flight. Now, before the break, we covered the Manchester derby and we also took a look at Chelsea's game against Everton. Now we're going to be talking about Jose in Lancashire. He's already had a spell in the northwest. That didn't go brilliantly. So he's back. And typical Jose, he never really knows when he's beaten or when people are not massively welcoming to him. So he's going to probably barge his way through Piccadilly Station en route up to Turf Moor and see if he can upset a few United fans as he walks through the city centre. Uh, Dave, flick over to you on this one to start with. It's not going very well for him. And we can all pretend that we, you know, we're not taking pleasure in that, but it's not. Um, really, really interesting quotes from him before the game, basically saying that he said to the club, it's either Burnley this weekend or Leipzig in the Champions League in midweek. My hands are tied. I can only focus on one. I've got these many injuries. So which is it? Is this just classic Mourinho mind games? You know, harking back all the way to his first spell at Chelsea, Porto, where he'd make these comments and then he'd pull a big result out. I don't know. I mean, Jose just seems to have gone straight to third season syndrome, doesn't he? In the space, <laughs> he seems to just like put fast forward on. He's walking around the training ground asking for a lighter. Yeah. You don't smoke. It's, it's not for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird, uh, weird situation at Spurs. I, you can understand it because I, I think he would have wanted to get backed more in the January transfer window. But he must have known the situation he was going into once he replaced Poch. And obviously Poch had the same situation, Ricard. He, he wasn't allowed to spend any money um, in, in the summer. So he's got every right to say to the board, because he'll have, he'll have targets to, 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 to reach at the end of the season. Uh, for me, if I, if I was Spurs, I'd probably be going for more for the, the league and the win against Burnley uh, than, 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 than Europe. Quite possibly, yeah. But when you look at the results they've had, obviously the Wolves game last weekend, that was an example of them going toe-to-toe with a side that's 
probably right with them at the minute. Tottenham realistically should be ahead of Wolves in terms of their aspirations, but performances on the pitch, performances in the league table, they're pretty much neck and neck. And given the way Wolves are playing and given the excitement around the likes of Jota and Jimenez and Doherty and all these players, they're a much more exciting team to watch and Tottenham are not matching that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's. I think this is like typical Mourinho expectation management. We've seen him do it before where he'll come in to a club or to a situation that you know perhaps isn't perfect and isn't absolutely set up to for success in the way that he might want it but it will take time it will take patience but that's not a reason to write the season off and I don't think that I don't think Tottenham are in a position where they need to choose between uh, Europe or the, or the Premier League or finishing top four you know I, there's, there's obviously injury problems there we talk about Kane and Son there's also Lloris he's, he's coming back to fitness but he's been missing for a long time but I just don't see. I I I, I, I struggle with Mourinho because having covered him at United as well, there was this same sense that you know there was always a permanent tension and always a permanent you know we're on the verge of crisis. When really step back, if we if we just detach ourselves from the situation, he has the resources there. This is still the squad that when he came in in November, he said it's probably the best squad in the league in my opinion, and that's what that's the line that he was touting at the time. So there's obviously talent there that he thinks if he was still the manager that he once was, he'd be able to extract and get the best out of. I think the fact that he hasn't been able to do that yet is is only is only an indictment of his own qualities and, and his own problems over the last few years. So, um, yeah, how's he going to get on at Burnley? Well, Burnley are, Burnley are in great form, aren't they? Burnley going to yeah. Burnley. Burnley going to Burnley. They're in brilliant form. And, you know, I think it's unbeaten in six. And yep. they've already, I think they've already got more points at this stage of the season than they did two years ago, if you remember when they got into the Europa League and we were we were raving about them then. Uh, it didn't look too good for Dyche around Christmas, but he's turned it around and I, I, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? You, you go into this game fully expecting a Burnley win just because the contrast at the two clubs is so, is so stark. Uh, Jonathan, Burnley and Sean Dyche don't have Leipzig in midweek. In fact, they might be playing Leipzig next season. Uh, they've got Manchester City next weekend. Dyche has set this up perfect. Out of the FA Cup, out of the League Cup, he never likes them. He never really wants to be in them. They've just got a straight run of Premier League games between now and the end of the season. As Mark said, they're in really good form. Chris Wood's back. Ashley Barnes is almost back. He's possibly going to make the bench this weekend. This seems all set up, as, as Mark said, for Burnley to just go and knock Tottenham down and Jose's obsessed with this narrative of these things are happening, it's out of my control, etc. And Daesh is almost the exact opposite of that, where he has very little sympathy for that type of approach because he knows what it's like to work with a meagre budget and with a squad where he has to motivate them to go out and get big results against sides that are much bigger and much, much more high profile than they are. Yeah, he still likes to mention it every now and again, though. He's not <laughs> afraid to do that. But I mean, it's interesting if they win tomorrow, they go above Spurs, uh, which... Which is, I don't know, does that say that Burnley are having a good season or that Tottenham are having an absolute dreadful season? Probably That is the question. Yeah, a bit, a bit of both. I mean, we're talking about that race for fourth. I mean, <coughs> Burnley aren't probably in it at the moment, but if they keep on this run of form, you know, this, they're, they're going to be pushing and it, it's, going to be, it's going to be really lively to Turf Moor today. This, these are the games where, like you say, Dyche absolutely revels in, the, in these atmospheres, he, he, that spirit he gets from the crowd feeds into the players um, they'll have seen what happened in midweek with Dyer. The, the the fans will be you know, if he's playing every touch they'll be all over him they'll be all over Mourinho um, and it's going to be really really tough for Tottenham to go there and get anything it'll be it'll be a horrible game I can't think of many worse games for Tottenham to have at the moment 
Um, with all these players missing, I think it's just perfect for Burnley to to go, you know, to win it comfortably actually by two or three. Wow. Well, okay. Two or three nil. I go two nil. I go. I'll go steadier. Two nil, Burnley. Okay. <laughs> We're drawing you out of your shell. I can't wait to see what we're going to get yeah. for the rest of the games, Mark. Um, yeah, I would. I definitely think that Burnley are going to keep a clean sheet just because they've been so impressive defensively recently, and and Tottenham are obviously having problems scoring without uh, Kane or Son. So I'm going to be a little bit more conservative and a, bit, a little bit more reasonable <laughs> this time and say one nil instead. Dave Mourinho to make mugs out of us all or Dice to win it. I'm going to go for Dice to win it and then Mourinho to win in midweek. Ah, Ooh, oh, okay, nice, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Right, uh, moving on. There's obviously another six Premier League games to go. Uh, lunchtime kickoff today: Liverpool against Bournemouth. Obviously, big result last weekend. Watford winning three nil ended uh, Liverpool's unbeaten run. Much to the delight of Arsenal fans who were able to breathe a sigh of relief, relief even though they haven't won a league title in well over a decade. But never mind, we don't need to focus on that. Uh, Liverpool's big news is Alisson's out. Mark, we'll go to you on this one. If you're Jurgen Klopp, do you keep Adrian after he was dreadful in the FA Cup? Or do you put Andy Lonergan in, Kevin Kelleher, young <laughs> Irish keeper? Who do you throw in? I mean, Adrian was really, really poor, but he is the experienced one out of those three in terms of the Premier League. Do you pat him on the back and say, forget about Stamford Bridge, just go out there and get us a result? Um, just before that, I, I, I once went collecting money for diabetes with Andy Lonergan's uncle. He's a very nice guy. Why? Um, why? Uh, well, why no, not? No, said, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not. I have no negative <laughs> thoughts on that. I said, I said, I said wow, not Sorry. why. No, oh, wow, wow, wow. Sorry. Wow right. to your selflessness <laughs> and Mr. Lonergan. Why not? I recommend everyone do it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, does, does he keep Adrian? I think he's obviously. I think. I think there's no question about it. To be honest. Um, Kelleher has impressed in bits. I mean, well, I, I remember watching him in the in the manic five five Arsenal EFL Cup game. If you remember earlier this season, you know he, he that looked, was madness. That was like a five aside game. Yeah, I mean, he's a tidy goalkeeper, but he conceded five. So yeah. I think you know, let's calm down on that for a minute. And and Andy Lonergan, well, he's a bit of a veteran journeyman goalkeeper. They just had around to keep the numbers up. Adrian served them pretty well, I thought at the start of the season when Alisson was out and I know he's made this mistake the other night but people around Liverpool journalists who covered them they were all very impressed with how how he kind of slotted in coming in not expecting to play too many games because Alisson had been so impressive the season before and it's pretty rare that you get a goalkeeper injury and yet he has had quite a few chances and he has been played in the Cups as well and he hasn't done a terrible amount of stuff wrong. I remember the goal at Southampton at the start of the season. If you were, Danny Ying scored one, put them under pressure for the last 10 minutes when they were already 2-0 up, uh, where he kind of kicked it at him. That and the one the other night, the only two real gaffes he's made. And yeah, it's difficult. You know, finding that kind of second goalkeeper is, is very hard, I think, because you struggle to get a player that's willing to sit on the bench but is also good enough to come in and deputise and that's the problem that they had with Mignolet before that where he wasn't quite happy with that he did it for a while wasn't quite happy I think in Adrian they, they probably got a, just about the best goalkeeper they got and to be honest if Alisson's not available then he's he is their second best goalkeeper so I'd, I'd fully expect him to be between the sticks tomorrow and and for Liverpool to turn their form around Dave, will you, be, will you be lighting a candle for Bournemouth? A figurative candle? <laughs> yes, yes I will. <laughs> um, I can't expect Have you expect. any activities related to Eddie Howe? You know Eddie Howe's milkman or something like that? <laughs> no, no, no. You do know a lot of fa- famous people. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean if Eddie Howe wants to go chari- uh, charity collecting for diabetes as well, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, and so am I, just yeah. to clarify from before, right? <laughs> <laughs> Got your spade out there digging a hole. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I can't... It, 
if he if he doesn't play Adrian to, tomorrow, then surely that means that he's no longer got a future in Liverpool. Just from, on, on the back of me, you can't just drop him after making that one mistake. Uh, and I don't think it's that big a decision because of the opponents they've got. Liverpool are going to win the league, um, so I don't, I don't think it's that big a game for them to worry about that that position tomorrow. Three points for them. Yeah. Would you make it three out of three, Jonathan? Yeah, definitely. You don't see any well. any chance of a shock? Well, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get a result at Anfield, this is possibly the weekend to do it. But you know, as bad as form as well as disappointing form as Liverpool in, it's still not that bad if you take <clears> it in the context of the whole season. So yeah, home win. Okay, uh, Crystal Palace at home to Watford. We mentioned before about Burnley about. Premier League side going to Premier League side if there's an even better example of that than Burnley it's probably Crystal Palace three defeats in a row Hodgson pretty much went now listen lads we don't want to get involved in that relegation battle just go out and get us a couple of 1-0s and that's exactly what they did 1-0 against Newcastle 1-0 against Brighton pretty much rubber stamping their Premier League status for next season Watford obviously that massive result against Liverpool gets them out of the bottom three for the first time in a month Jonathan, home win for Palace, or do you think Watford will be Watford will be buoyed by that performance against Liverpool? But Crystal Palace couldn't be a more different team to Liverpool if they tried. Yeah, Palace just don't seem to get flustered by anything, do they? Like you say, they just they just do what they do, and they and they are pretty much safe. And although I'm sure Roy would want one more win just to just to make sure, and that's why they'll get them up for it. But I mean, that was just such a massive, massive result for Watford, and that. They, 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 they turned it around when Person first took over and then it's just sort of looked like it was stalling a little bit. But that's it's so, so huge, you would think that should give them... Like, <coughs> it's such a tight race, that could just give them the balance to get a few more points to get clear. And I, I fancy them to stay up um, and I fancy them to beat Palace at the weekend as well. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. Mark, would you follow that? Do you think the house wins this? Hodgson makes absolutely sure of safety or Pearson's second bounce? I think neither. I think it's going to be a draw. I think these are two teams that I, I find pretty difficult to separate. I'm surprised, really. Palace, all credit to them. I, I tipped them to go down at the start of the season, but they look pretty much safe now. And they've picked up wins when necessary and, they, and they've done it by any means possible, really. Um, so, but I, I, I still don't really feel that terribly taken by them or, or Watford, really. I, Watford were brilliant last week, but Saar's such an important player for them, isn't he? And if he's playing, yeah, I, I think, yeah, 1-1 one, one I'll go for. David, you follow that? Obviously, on the back of the the result against Liverpool, that's obviously going to give him a huge amount of confidence. Dini, Ismail Assar was excellent. Two goals, could have had a hat-trick, could have maybe even had four against Liverpool. But Palace are so organised. It's just them two blocks, back four, midfield four. They're so hard to break down. Yeah, uh, like uh, Mike was saying, I I think it's hard to sort of uh, separate the two teams. But after the heroics against Liverpool, Watford are now my second team. And I will be building (laughs) the the, the Troy Dini shrine in my backyard. So I'll be hoping for a Watford win. Probably 2-1 like they were last season. Uh, there you go Hertfordshire born and bred Dave Scott um, <laughs> moving on Sheffield United at home to Norwich Norwich rock bottom they've just about edged their head above water with that win against Leicester last week but they're still seven points off safety Sheffield United are safe but their push for Europe slash top ten has wobbled a little bit in the last couple of weeks uh, two wins about a month ago but then they struggled against Brighton got through in the FA Cup eventually against Reading they've got a pretty decisive run of games coming up Jonathan, how do you see this going? If if Sheffield United win, that's probably Norwich gone because any bubble that has kind of been blown up after that Leicester win would burst. You'd think. Yeah, this is this. It's a big game actually. I think big game for both of them. Like you say, Norwich really need to get something out of this. But I think Sheffield United have need to prove to themselves that they can win these sort of games. And and you look at the, look at the table and you look at the fixtures this season, this this weekend. 
they win that. You know, they could go above Spurs, potentially could go above United if if my predictions are right. That's what would happen. Um, so they, they they need to win this because that European place is is still out there, and that be that would just be fantastic for a club like that. So a little bit of pressure on both both sides, I think. So I I think I just fancy Sheffield United to pull it off actually. Mark, would you go with that? And if and if and if so, it's got to drive Sheffield United back into the European conversation, which they've kind of moved to the edge of in the last couple of weeks. A little bit, yeah. They still got a game in hand because they didn't play last weekend. Remember, so like if they if they can win that, then you know that's that's going to be a big boost to the hopes. I think the only concern I have about Sheffield United is at the minute is you're right; they have faltered off a little bit. Um, I know a few of the fans they were they weren't that impressed with how they did at Reading on on in the FA Cup on Wednesday night. Uh, and with Norwich, I'm a little bit more impressed with them recently. I think they've, they've solidified a little bit at the back. They've obviously got a big FA Cup result to, coming into on the back of this into. So I think um, I think I'm going to go for a draw, one-one. And Norwich to fight another day. Yeah, yeah. Dave, would you go with that? Sheffield United not been as kind of stubborn and resolute as they were just after Christmas and getting some big results. Things have been a bit difficult obviously Chris Wilder's dealing with quite a thin squad he's asking the same set of players to go again and go again FA Cup meshed into that as well they've gone two, uh, 15 rounds against Reading in midweek it's going to be difficult and I know obviously Norwich are bottom of the league but they showed some good stuff against Tottenham and were I for me good value to go through in fact I would have backed them to win in normal time Tottenham were so bad yeah definitely Norwich were by far the better team against Spurs but I think when you look at Sheffield United season, they've been magnificent in, in terms of whatever we expected them to to, to do. Um, they're allowed to have a dip, aren't they? I mean, uh, every single Liverpool are going for one at the moment. So you'd, you'd expect them to to, to bounce back. Uh, I think this will probably be the weekend when I think Norwich season now is uh, in the FA Cup, and I think they'll be resigned to the Championship after this weekend. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Southampton, Newcastle, the longest journey in the Premier League. Newcastle fans will be leaving probably Thursday morning to get uh, there in time for this game. Southampton will be absolutely kicking themselves last weekend against West Ham. This was the kind of don't don't lose derby, the six-point derby where it, it pushes one of them in the opposite direction of where they want to be going. And Southampton are so frustrating in terms of consistency. Lose to Burnley, react, play really well against Villa, get a 2-0 win, push Villa back into the bottom three, and then they go and lose against Southampton. And up against Newcastle this weekend, who again are kind of seem to be playing this past the relegation parcel. No, no, you go down, no, we'll go down. This is a tough one. Yeah, I think so. I think um, Southampton, a few weeks ago, I was kind of quite hot on them, to be honest. I thought they were even just... Ings has kind of gone off the boil a little bit since Christmas, but even after that, they were still picking up results, still finding goals. Shane Long was chipping in. But then last week at West Ham happened, and I I, I was fully expecting them to get a result in that game, given West Ham's problems at the minute, but they just seem seem to struggle when they come up against teams who like to play a bit more of a traditional meat and potatoes kind of four four two kind of direct thing. You know, Hassan Hill's not quite got the, his kind of pressing game right yet. So I reckon this is... And then you go to Newcastle, you go to Steve Bruce's Newcastle, where, you know, it, it's going to be long balls up to Joe Linton. And even if that hasn't proved that effective this season, it has got results here and there. And I've got a feeling that Newcastle might shade this one. They don't score a lot of goals. So again, I think it's going to be maybe 1-0. Yeah. Jonathan, Newcastle, obviously, like Sheffield United... Tough game midweek in the FA Cup. They started brilliantly. They were 3-0 up. West Brom came back, came back. Could have pushed them to extra time, but they had just enough to get through. 0-0 against Burnley in the league last weekend. Dreadful game. Honestly, one of the worst games I've watched this season. Like, you almost thought after about an hour, the two players could just go, listen, ref, blow up. Come on, we'll leave. Um, 
this is a tough one because this is a game they need a result from. As Mark said, they can't just survive on this thing of, oh, there's three worst teams, we'll be okay. They need to, to gather enough points to make sure they're okay. Yeah. I think it's fantastic to see Newcastle having a cup run because it just seems like they've just, year after year, for some reason, ditched it off and, and they're actually in the quarterfinals now and got a chance, obviously a difficult game against City. So it's great to see them doing that. But what all the managers previously have said, be careful about Premier League, got to keep got to keep our Premier League status. And, I, you know, they have got a bit of a buffer at the moment, but they do have to be careful. And this is... I just I think this is a tough one for them. I just I, I think I think Southampton will um, pick up a win and they'll that'll make them completely safe. And I just I just think Newcastle have got to be a little bit careful. Decide and vote for you, Dave. Jonathan's gone for Newcastle. Mark's gone for Southampton. No, sorry, wrong way, way, wrong way around. Big plan, big plan. The other way around. Uh, Dave, where are you going on this one? Uh, I'm going to sit on the fence and go for a draw. Um, I think Newcastle will be happy to take a, a point down there. I think they will benefit, though, that there are teams worse off than them. Uh, and that's quite the insult, considering how bad Newcastle are to watch. Uh, this is probably one of the worst Newcastle teams I've seen in a long while. I think John Joe Shelby is the leading goal scorer on five goals, and he didn't, they didn't score at all in February. Um, but I think that they'll, they'll, they'll take a point down there. Um, I think both teams will probably end up safe at the end of the season Fair enough Right Final game of the weekend Wolves at home to Brighton If results go Wolves' way this weekend Chelsea lose and Manchester United lose Wolves go into the top four That's insane Considering the difficult start they had to the season the fact they've gone through 15 rounds of the Europa League they started playing I don't know 2016 I think it was and Nuno Santo fair credit to him he's not used that as an excuse We've seen managers constantly talk about having to start the season early the squad are not able for it etc etc they actually look like they're getting stronger. And that was demonstrated in the result against Tottenham last weekend, where they went behind and they didn't let their heads drop. They stayed in the game. And just that quality of Jota, him and as I mentioned it before the break, they've got such a potent threat up front that you really can see them picking up the points to make sure they, they force their way into that top four chat. Yeah, they're getting stronger. And I think Traore is, looks like he's getting stronger as well, doesn't he? Week by week with his muscles and stuff. So. Which we should all be worried about. <laughs> um, uh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see them the way they're playing and it's brilliant to see Nuno just getting on with the job um, going to places like Spurs and not getting a point to keep them in the mix going there and, and getting a win um, you know Brighton are a bit bit all over the place aren't they it's turning into a bit of a, a Chris Hewton season without him being in charge so I, they did, they, the goals have dried up for Brighton Wolves are flying so I can only see a home win for this one Mark, as Jonathan said, Brighton are in real trouble. They're dropping, dropping, dropping like a stone. No win in the last five games in the league. No goals. Glenn Murray, they've brought him back into the team to see if he can kind of kick the back door in and, and get a goal. Neil Morpai, goals are dried up. Midfields, no one seems to be able to chip in him, set pieces, etc. They're in trouble. And if they lose this and, again, results go against them, around them, they could drop right down. They could go into the bottom three, potentially. Yeah, and... and I. That result against Crystal Palace last week, it feels like it's the kind of one that a season could kind of turn on. You know, one against a rival, tight game, but you just about lose it and suddenly you find yourself mired in, in a lot of trouble. Um, I think there'll be people down there who might accuse Graham Potter and the club themselves of trying to change things a bit too quickly. But to be honest, it's, it's more of the same. It's, 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 a, it's like we saw last season, like John says. It's a late season slump where they just seem to just get dragged into it. And I, I would be worried. It, there is so many teams down there that you just know if they get three points, then that's a big boon and you can you can work your way out of it. But uh, I, I don't see that, that happening this weekend, certainly at Molyneux. So yeah, Wolves win. Yeah. Would you put the 
put the foot on Brighton, Dave? Yeah, definitely. I, I can't see anything else except for Wolves. I, I, I really think that they're probably going to be United's closest challenges for the if we are going to get to top four, uh, especially when you're talking, is it, you know, is it Wolves, Chelsea on the, the last game of the season? Yeah. That, yeah. That, could, that could be absolutely huge depending yeah. on how they do United, league. Leicester as well. So. Yeah. Mm, uh, so, I mean, what, what, that, that, nobody's going to be watching Liverpool, are they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go for a, a, a Wolves easy win. Okay, great stuff. Right. I mentioned at the end of the first half that we're going to have a quick quiz. Mr. Smith is the reigning Football Social Daily Premier League Preview Show <laughs> champion. Uh, he cleaned up last time and he's back to defend his title, the Tyson Fury of quizzes. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we're going to give him a run for his money. Uh, Mark knows his stuff. Dave knows his stuff. So we're going to see who comes out on top. So this is Manchester Derby themed quiz. Now, we've tried to take it from both eras. Let's call it pre-money city and post-money city. So we've we've got a bit of a spread. So we're going to go kind of chronologically-ish. First question... Fingers on buzzers. We don't have buzzers, yeah, so just buzzers. shout out your answers. Oh. I'll give uh, Jim's <laughs> Jim's audio. cliche bell is being repurposed as the correct answer bell. Okay. Uh, so if you get the if you get the correct answer, I ring the bell. You get a point, and whoever gets the most points gets a beer. So question one: Who was the first goal scorer in a Premier League derby between the two sides in 1992, 1993? David White. It was a 2-1 win for Manchester United at Old Trafford. Okay. Who scored the first goal? Mark Hughes. No. Come on, fire some. Uh, David White. Right team. Right. No, it was a Manchester United player. Can I still guess? Ryan Giggs. No. Who did you say? I said, can I still guess? Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Okay. Not Ryan Giggs. Right, it was a Manchester United player in a 2 1 win at Old Trafford. Ince. Bingo! Well done, Mark. Right. So that's a point for Mark. He's off the, Mark's off the mark. Right. Question number two How many points did City pick up against United in their debut season? after being bought by the Abu Dhabi Investment Group. So in the 2008-2009 season, after they got bought in the September, in the two Premier League games against United, how many points did they pick up? Now, I'm going to go around individually and give me your points total. So you just get one guess on this. Jonathan? Zero. Zero. Mark? I was going to say zero. Okay, uh, one then. Yeah, you can say, no, you can say zero. You can, you can say the same. Yeah. All right, zero. Zero, zero. Dave? I'll go zero. Right. You're, <laughs> you're, you're all right. You're all right. It was zero. So to, so to decide the winner, to decide the winner, how many goals did United score over the two games? What was the aggregate goals? Five. So five. Four. Four. Six. Mark wins that's close. It was three. It was a 1-0 win at the Etihad and a 2-0 win at Old Trafford. Right, Mark's killing you here. If he gets this question right, he wins. Question number three. Who was the first Manchester City player to score at Old Trafford in the Premier League after the buyout in 2008? So, for those of us who don't remember, it was the 4-3 Manchester United, Michael Owen game. Who scored the first goal for Manchester City in that game? Bellamy? No. He played... Sean Wright Phillips? No, no. No. Right team, they were all playing. They were all playing in that game. Yikes. <laughs> Mike Lone with the worst celebration, by the way. I always remember that. Just, just, like, just waving his arms. Yeah. Like, Gareth right, Barry. Whoa! Whoa. Excellent shout. Yeah, Gareth Barry was the first goal scorer. Right. Uh, this one has two answers, so we'll take a half a point. Uh, just shout the answers when you think of them. Which two players have scored the most Manchester Derby goals in the Premier League era, just in Premier League games? They've both got eight. Aguero. Aguero. Rooney. Yeah. Oh. Right, that's two. That's two. That's two each. Dave, unfortunately, you're out. You're just playing for uh, playing for third place here. But you could you could decide the winner. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Right, ready? Yeah. Oh, right. right, yeah. This is the decider. Okay. Jonathan, you ready? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dum, 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 dum. 
Only one player has been sent off twice in a Premier League Manchester derby. Who is it? Vincent Company? Nope. Uh. Sent off in 2006 and 2008. Oh, you can answer, Dave. Don't worry. Oh, I can. Dear. You can. Richard Dunn? Nope. That's too late. Zabaleta? Nope. Would Plus, you like a clue? Uh, yeah. Manchester United player okay. was sent off in a 3-1 oh, defeat nice. away at the Etihad in 2006 and a 1-0 defeat away in 2008. Is it Chris Smalling? Nope. Vidic. Vidic. Nope, nope. Ferdinand? Nope. This is this is a fantastic piece of trivia. I was amazed by this. Really? Um, not to blow my own trumpet horn. Trumpet horn? Really trivia horn. Ronaldo? No. Yes. Oh, it is. It is Ronaldo. Mark, congratulations. Cristiano Ronaldo doing the business for Mark there. Three <laughs> points to two. Jonathan, I'm afraid oh. that's just the way it goes. You win some and sometimes if, you, you lose some. If you're going to lose to someone, it's going to be... <laughs> very, 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 very gracious. Very right. That brings us to the end of the show. It's been the Football Social Daily Premier League preview show. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. Jonathan. Thank you. Mark. Thanks very much for the beer. You're very welcome. <laughs> Dave, I hope you've enjoyed your first uh, appearance. I hope you'll be back. Yeah, I'll definitely be back. Um, I need to brush up on my derby skills or, and uh, enjoy Derby the County? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, they're out of the FA Cup now. You don't need to worry about them. They're, they're finished. You know, you can concentrate on them next season. Not saying you're going down, just, just derby stuff next season. Yeah. Right, uh, that is it. Don't forget, just hit subscribe, hit like on the podcast, and every day you get a fresh episode. Every single afternoon, we have a brand new Premier League show brought to you either by myself, Niall, Jim, Marley, we're all on duty. Whenever you want to listen to Premier League news, we are your go-to source. And also, if you want to keep up to date with your own team, simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social, follow the directions, pick your team, and away you go. Football Social Daily with German Doner Kebab. Now 40 restaurants across the UK. Find out where at germandonerkebab.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.